Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I am on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and this week I have a special guest on the podcast. Let them know who you are, brother. My name is Delvin Cox. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Mikey Famine from Dig on America. As always, Mikey, welcome to the experience. And this is kind of interesting because this is the first time, this is the first official episode you've been on. Yes. Because the last time you were on, we were on the one about the N-word. Yes. Caused a little controversy, which is fine. I like controversy. Not me. Everybody liked what I had to say. <laughs> I didn't get no, I, I looked back at the comments. I'm like, oh, I know I got ate up. Nope. They all liked what I had to say. Yeah, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> I dodged all the controversy. <laughs> Completely. <Yeah. laughs> or we'll get... well, they didn't get to that far in the episode. And that's the only reason I, I stayed alive. <laughs> Not a lot of We'll get to that. We, we, we <laughs> but as always, we'd like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five asks to get the ball rolling. Mikey, you ready? Pass me the rock, I'm open. All right. Question number one. What is the best album or songs you listened to in the past year and it does not have to be new? Uh, Drogas Waves by Lupe Fiasco. I still, I, like I still play that from start to finish maybe twice a month. And it came out five years ago. Dope album. Let me it's, ask you this. This is a, a separate question about that. What did you think of the whole Lupe Royce thing that went down like a, about a month ago? Oh, my. Why, Royce? Why? You know what it is? I, I can tell you what it is. Everybody loves Royce. If you're a hip-hop head, you love some Royce to 5'9". But everybody knows that Royce has thin skin. He has thin skin. He loves to dish it. He loves to talk that mess. But then as soon as he, somebody hits him back, he wants to start, well, I'm a, I'm a, and I'm a, I'm a, and I'm a show up. It's like, bro, just rap. They just asked you to rap. They said, cool. You want to rap against me? Let's rap. And that's all it was. But he wanted to turn it into physical stuff and all that. And then he got embarrassed. Lupe had to 
Lupe body bag him. That wasn't even. Oof. Yeah. That was I a really t- interesting thing to watch. I could tell Lupe already had that in the cut. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, he, had, he came out with that way too fast without that been off the top of the dome. That had been festering. Yeah, because uh, so. you know, even Royce said that. He said he had that. He had some <laughs> underlying feelings about him. <laughs> Lupe is like Batman in the Justice League, where he got he got like a kryptonite bullet. He got like some. Uh, he got he got a reason. He got a way to deal with everybody in case they go rogue. He was ready for Royce. I, it's too bad because this show was really good. I loved it, but um, I I didn't I didn't think that that dynamic would work at the very beginning, and then it was kind of working. Uh, but yeah, I didn't think it would last. I didn't either. Two they're completely per- different personalities. They're way too different. Like I can't even think of who like who would be good for Royce. I don't even know. I, I know who exactly would be good for us. Joe Button. That's the it only person I can think of off the top of my head. His no, you, know, you know I had to cancel Joe, right? Off of how he after after what he did to his uh pod mates. Yeah, that was whack, to say the least. I was like so all right, corny. Joe, after you talked all this stuff about how the corporation's trying to keep you down and we trying to build something and we trying to, we trying to, and then as soon as the money shows up. This is mine. Yeah. This is not yours. What do you know about this? And sorry, listeners, if you're not caught up, Joe Budden fired two of his uh, pod mates and said that, well, technically everything's in my name, so this is my show. Super corny. Whack. Just, it was really just whack. That was, that, was a jo- that was a joker move right there. Yeah. Yeah. So Duke is, I'm done with Duke. But yeah, Royce would fit in perfectly over there. Yeah, that's the only person I can really think of off the top of my head, him. Maybe him. Joe's going to say something to him, though. Joe's going to say something and set him off. And then he's going to be mad. And then he's going to walk off. See, the only thing about that is I think he can handle it from Joe. Joe, because they're such good friends. I don't think he can handle it from Lupe, because Lupe is somebody who will not only fight back, but will literally fight back. Yo, I seen him on IG the next day doing push-ups and doing it with the kettlebells. And I'm like... Lupe has an eight pack. Yeah, Ooh, don't Lupe. do it, Royce. Don't do it, Royce. <laughs> Lupe is a fascinating dude because Lupe is like, yeah. And getting on this tent, we on the tangent. I'm like it though. Lupe is like in the anime and the martial arts and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I guess you could kind of call it black nerd culture. Mm-hmm. But Lupe is also from the south side of Chicago. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. For all for all of what that means, yes. Yeah. Uh, so like like you can't have somebody kick flip, hit you with a samurai sword, drop a killer sixteen, and then beat your ass. Like yeah. you don't want all of that at the same time. Yeah, it's not a good combination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like uh, Lupe is Black Keanu Reeves to me. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, he's the black he's black nerd Jesus. Yeah. I love Lupe. I love both artists a lot. Booker Ryan was amazing. Yeah. Love Booker Ryan. Great album. Maybe his best album. Yeah. Easily. Easily. He smoked that one. Yeah. All right. Question number two. If you could have any guest on Dig of America, anybody you want, who would it be? Neil deGrasse Tyson. 
That's a good answer. Because he's just, he's just a fountain of information, and he's cool as hell. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love to have him on. We do like a dig on astrophysics or something like that. Do it just make up something. <laughs> that actually sounds feasible, too. Dig on NASA or something like that. I would, yeah, it would be great. Be a blast to talk to him. Big fan. I call him my real dad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at my real dad on TV. What him talking about? I like this. Question number three. What is the dumbest thing you think you ever done as a kid? Oh, so many to sort through. Um, what else? I mean, we did a lot of like stupid playground stuff. We did a dumb, a lot of dumb fireworks stuff. Um, were you one of those kids who was like in the jackass culture and stuff like that, and just would like oh, yeah. do shit like they used to do? Yeah, we used to throw each other in the bushes and um, flip off of houses into the snow, and we did a lot of stupid stuff, but. Um, we did backyard wrestling because that was fun. I don't know. We did a lot of a lot of things that could have definitely caused harm, but um, I don't know. We're just there's just a general little like teenage boy. I'm gonna do this because my friends will think it's cool, but I also could have broke like thirty thousand arms. So luckily, I never broke anything. Still haven't had a stitch. Never broke a bone. So I don't know. I, I've it was all very stupid, but I don't know. A couple of college parties I went to, that was I did some stupid, like drinking way too much. Probably I probably could have died from all the alcohol I was ingesting, but when you're 20, your body is in like prime condition, and I just somehow was able to survive drinking a fifth of vodka in one in one sitting, throwing it up and then going back and drinking beer for the rest of the night, taking a two-hour nap and driving home completely. So I'm like, I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah, that was gonna be my next question. What do you think is the most you ever drink? Yeah, doing a whole bottle of like dragonberry smirnoff to kick off a party was probably the most I've had in like a day. Cause I was still like I like crashed for like an hour and then woke up and just kept partying. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like a good idea at all. Thanks, NIU. <laughs> <laughs> good times. Yeah. Question number four. If you were to pick one person that you think would be the leader of our generation, well, not my generation, I'm old now, your generation. I'm not that much younger than you. I look it, but I'm, I mean, how old are you? 41. I'm 34. You're like my older sister's age. Okay, so so we can, I can say our generation. Yeah, you pick somebody who you think will be the leader of our generation. Like this person defines our generation. Where everybody knows, okay, this is the guy who defines our generation, or girl for that matter. Who would that be? Yeah. I hate to say it, but it's got to be Jay Z. I think that is the he's consistent li- answer. He's a little bit older than us. Um, because what is he now? Like fifty? Yeah, he might be fifty now. So he's a little bit old for me, but he's still like. Between him, uh, Chappelle, um, Diddy, like these like moguls, these black moguls that have been popping up, it, it's got to be them. I don't like like I don't rock with everything Dave does. I don't rock with everything Diddy or 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 Jigga does. But 
excuse zero the wonder pup who likes to bark at people closing their own car doors um <laughs> hey that's enough bud um it, it's I, i'd probably say jay-z just because his story is so well known and everybody watches what he does and everybody moves like he moves or at least attempts to um i wish he would give more game out yeah. i wish he would do more empowering but we we ain't got one of those yet yeah i think you're right though i think especially when it comes to our generation in terms of that like generation i grew up in i guess you fair man as well with that 90s generation where street culture hip-hop culture was the thing so our heroes in that time were like nwa tupac biggie jay-z yeah. nas the guys yeah. who were talking about the street culture and things like that. So 20 years from now, from that time, these guys are now moguls and CEOs of their own company. And we got mm-hmm. to see their, their progression from the, the guy talking about street stuff and murders and selling drugs and stuff like that to the guy who's in corporate offices. And I think that's kind of the American dream in terms of our culture. And it's not, and it's not just like, them like being broke to being rich it's being broke being a rapper and everybody knows what rappers are thought of in the corporate field yes to being brought onto boards to being seen as a ceo to be treated you know what i'm saying like there's different levels to all this so there's a difference between like you walking into a room you're 10 you're worth 10 million bucks versus this dude whose company is worth a billion that guy you know what i mean like rich to us ain't rich to everybody now they're rich to everybody and they're respected by it like I, I i hate to bring up kanye um but kanye is respected in fashion yes very much so and and like jay-z is respected in in in, in a lot of circles um so like it there's that 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 transcendence of just from just being broke to being rich and being from that rich to being powerful, to being impactful, to being influential. Um, because I, I mean, all Jay Z has to do is like, hey, yo, we're done with Nike. Yeah, it, that's that's who he's got the he's got the button, he's got the button right now. Yeah, I would uh, say Ken, I would say Kendrick, but Kendrick been gone for a whole bunch of time. He put out great albums and you don't hear from him for four years. So I, I feel like Kendrick is this generation's Nas. If, if, yeah. if, if you know what I mean by that, yeah. Nas in the 90s was like that. Nas would drop an album every three or four years. Like, damn, what Nas at? <laughs> then, I ain't heard nothing from Nas. Then you get like 10 Jay-Z albums in the, in the process of him getting yep. like one Nas album. Like, damn, why is he? You know what that is? That's Drake and Drake and Kendrick is Jay-Z and Nas. Yeah, to the, to the T. All yep, they do now that's is just exactly what it is. <laughs> They better not. Yeah. <laughs> the streets ain't ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Bunch of dudes with, with Dracos and their little man bags and they hear around. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh. All right. Question number five. Zombie apocalypse happens walking dead style. Got it. You only take five things for you to go survive. Anything you want to, your family and pets don't count. They automatically come with you if you want them to come with you. I'm, about to say, I'm leaving. I'm leaving all of them behind. Okay, that's, five, that's five <laughs> things I don't have to now. This point, I love you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you take with you, Mikey? 
Um, can I? The car would have to be one of them, right? The car, the car. I would. Let's. I'll put it this way. Let's say you got um a van. So the van doesn't count towards your five. Okay. Unless um, you're like, unless you're trying to super like, oh, I'm taking an RV. You're taking, now that's kind of cheap. That's, so, that, yeah, that's, that's yeah, hacking. So if you take I'll take an RV with a trailer, uh, and on the trailer is another RV. Like, no, no, yeah. hold on. Now, you wish you for more, you wish for more wishes. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to take uh, all of my little solar panels and batteries. Okay. I'll count that as one. That's smart. I'm going to take my tools. Okay, a toolbox. That's two. Yeah, take the toolbox. Got to have that. Um, I will take. Uh, I'd have to say the. Got to bring the strap with me. He got to come with. Yeah. Just, just, just in case you know, I might need to eat something or not get eaten. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Then I, what I got? Two left. I got two left. Uh, yeah. I'm going to bring a notepad to record everything. Okay. And finally, I'll bring a guitar. I like that. I'll need something something to keep me sane. And a guitar kind of works in that situation. And plus, I don't think you don't need a electricity for a guitar. So, yeah. Yeah, I got the electric and the acoustic. So, I got Or I can bring the acoustic electric if we ever get the grid back working. <laughs> the zombies shoot through all the wires. Well, yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. Why every time like every movie or TV has a zombie pocket, like the, the power of the first thing that goes out. So I don't mean to shout out another podcast on your podcast, but there's this amazing audio drama. It was supposed to come out. Um, it's a zombie survival story. It was supposed to be, it was supposed to come out, but Walking Dead came out. Ah. So, so they never turned it into a TV show. And all the actors ended up just doing voice acting for this thing. It's called We're Alive. And that's, and it's like three dudes who are soldiers who like some wild, like protests, rioty stuff starts happening. And they are told to report to the base and they report to the base. And they're the only three that show up. Every six months they put out a thing. All right, guys, season four is coming out. And then nothing happens. And then six months later, all right, guys, we really mean it this time. Season four. I'm like, all right, bro, you got me the first eight times. I ain't falling for it no more. But <laughs> every once in a while, if I'm uh, washing the cars or something like that, I'll throw, throw on an episode and relive the, the panic. It's great. And the voice acting, the Foley work, it's all beautiful. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Is this? I think this is it. It's, it's on podcast one. Oh, I believe so. It should be like a guy in a suit standing there. All right. right. Yeah, I'm going to check this out today. Well, not tonight. It's too late now. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. No, you're good. So, Mikey. Yes, sir. Let them know a little bit about yourself for those who don't know. Um, So, I am a YouTuber, a podcaster, um, a musician, a producer, lover fighter no <laughs> um but i'm i'm uh, assigned with a bunch of uh internet uh entities so my schedule as follows now i have a D podcast called net one heroes that's on sundays 
Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays. I'm the producer for my friend Neil, the 604 Atheist. He's up in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia in Canada. Uh, Wednesdays, I do Dig on America, which is seen behind me. And Thursdays is the Bin Podcast, which is my flagship show. That's my baby. And that's when me and four of my uh, international friends wrap up the week's politics and make fun of each other. So that's that's what I do on a weekly basis. <laughs> so what got you into podcasting in general? I love podcasts. I've been listening to them since shit. I don't know. I can't even think of the first one I listened to. Maybe I, I know I listened to Serial back in the day, but I was like, man, I want to. I, I wish I had a show I could talk about stuff about. And then, and then I found like show after show after show. And then in one of the Patreon um, hangouts for one of the shows I was uh, a, a supporter of, I met my three friends that are now in the Bin podcast. So we were like meet up instead of once a month, we meet up every Thursday and then kick in and rap and hang out and stuff. I'm like, dude, why don't we just make our own show? So started the, the crazy process of getting that going. But um. It's the long forum conversational way of discussing things is my preferred way of consuming information and giving out information. If I have to listen to a, a, a 45 second clip, yeah, I, my ADD is too bad. You couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't hold me. But if I can like put on a podcast in the background and play video games, it's just a way, it's a way chiller vibe. And it, it's easy for me to uh, eat up all the info. I agree. I, I've found myself many times and this sounds weird, just avoiding TV and just getting all my information from podcasts because podcasts are becoming more entertaining than TV. I have, I don't, I haven't, I haven't seen. Me and my girl were just watching uh, Kitchen Nightmares. Love me some Gordon Ramsay, and uh, an ad came up, but it was like a commercial, like a regular commercial. I was like, I don't know if I've seen a commercial in like seven years because <laughs> we don't, because we don't do cable. Like we do Netflix and we do Hulu and Paramount Plus and Disney Plus and HBO Max. Like all of our stuff is streaming like straight to us. Like we're spoiled. Like we don't even remember commercials. Ads I, are five seconds and I skip them. <laughs> I do cable for my kids because they like um like they watch Nick and stuff like that. Even yeah. now, now this is before Paramount Plus became a right. thing and they just watch it without being having to watch it like when it comes on TV. But um, that and for wrestling. Otherwise, then I probably wouldn't have to. Like, <laughs> yo, if wrestling started up a streaming service, yo. <laughs> yeah, I probably would not be on cable at all. Yo, it's like, yo, y'all finna get this Paramount Plus and we finna get this uh, WD, WWE exclusive. Yeah. Uh, y'all missing that. But they're, they they got so many deep contracts. Like, I, I, I was complaining on, on the bin about how hard it was to watch the Olympics. Because if yeah. you don't, if you don't have cable, they won't let you. Like I'm like, yo, just charge me a hundred bucks. Just charge me a hundred bucks. Uh, give me an app, and I'll pay it so I can watch the stuff. It was so weird because if I remember correctly, Paramount Plus was streaming some stuff, but then I think Hulu was streaming some stuff, and there was another channel streaming some stuff. I'm like what the hell? They won't let, but but they won't let you watch. Watch it in the hole. They won't let you watch it at all. Because you have to have like a cable subscription. Because as soon as you try to click on that, they'll be like, "Cool, log in with your uh, Comcast or um, uh, whatever your your local cable company is." 
you have to log in with that to watch it on Hulu. That's like I'm like, I don't have it, dumbass. I have Hulu. Why the hell would I have both? Well, there you go. So I got to I had to watch everything in replays on YouTube because I don't have cable and I wasn't getting cable for a month. Yeah, and I think that's I think a lot of people on that boat where they like cable sucks. And honestly, the only reason why I have cable is because like because my kids and because yeah. Comcast gave me a deal where they were like, hey, you're gonna get a really fast internet, and with that really fast internet, you're gonna get cable. And like, all right, I said, I guess I'll just take this cable on the side. Don't really want it, but <laughs> they they tried with me. I was like, no, 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 no. We can get you the the one gig, and then you can do. I was like, no. You're gonna give me just the gig. Are if you get a home phone, I'm like, sir, <laughs> I'm not about to go back and forth with you. <laughs> if you say one more other product, I'm gonna hang up on you, and then I'm gonna call somebody else, and they gonna get the sale. So, wait, how you want to play this? Well, I'll get you just the unit. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they they, they are persistent. <laughs> say that they, man, they really are pushing this cable thing, but I don't want the box, man. I don't want it. It is a hassle. So let, let me ask you this. Because I never, I never got this story. How did you hook up with Dig on America? So I was a listener um, because uh, my friend Cortez, who was also on the bin for a bit, uh, he, uh, Haas was one of his mentors. So he was like, oh, my, my, my mentor's got a, got a podcast. Like, All right, I'll check it out. And I, and I started listening. And I'm, I'm maybe like 30 minutes in. And then Dutch starts talking. I'm like, what the f- man? This dude is cr- okay. And actually, it was about Lupe Fiasco. They said something crazy about Lupe. I was like, all right, that is it. So I'm, I'm on Twitter and I'm lighting them up. And then like, um, went back and forth a few times, and then they they can't read apparently, so they called me Mickey Faminier. Or, or and I'm like, what is this? I'm like, it is Mikey, not Mickey. There's no C in my name. So that, so that became a thing. So then I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll, give, them, I'll give them a couple of weeks to clear it up. And eventually they did. So um, I joined on the Patreon to, to help out. And, and if y'all are, Delvin, do you have a Patreon? Yes, I do. If y'all are not supporting the shows you like on Patreon, you are a fool. Because when them shows is gone, you will have no one to blame but yourself. You have to support the people that you like, or else that we is, will go away. That is facts. That is and, big facts. And I do a lot of podcasts for my Patreon. <laughs> I want to say five unique shows. Nice. See, nice. let me let me let me stop talking. Let me get over on your Patreon yeah. while I'm saying this. Let's see. Um. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, bring off some of the shows I do. I do Fire Brigade, which is something like the bin, the bin that you do. I do the Boondocks, which is the podcast with me and my son, <laughs> where me and him, because my son never seen the Boondocks, not one episode. So I've started the, going through it, going through it with him, episode by episode. Oh. Talk about the episode, so it's kind of fascinating hearing him. Um, yeah, how he feels about it and things like that. Which episode? How, he how old is he? He's now 15. Oh, he's at the perfect age then. Yeah, never seen it. I don't think he even heard of it before I showed it to him. It wasn't because they got, uh, yeah, I guess if you didn't know, then you didn't know. Yeah. Because I bought it on DVD. Yeah, it was one of those things that um, the Boondocks wasn't like widely recognized in terms of like 
until recently, actually, because it wasn't. They they stopped really playing the episodes on Adult Swim, right? So you couldn't really watch it that way, and then and then you didn't still really get to watch it unless you either had the DVD or now because HBO Max. I didn't know it was on there. Yes, yeah, on HBO. That's how we, that's how we watch each episode. Oh, sucky, sucky, now. Oh, you know what? I think I knew that. I think I knew that. I think me and my girl watched a couple episodes, and my girl is very white, and she was like. <laughs> Are they allowed to do this? I'm like, yo. <laughs> I'm like, yo, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, so far we've recorded, not they all that out yet. We recorded four episodes. And when we got to that R. Kelly episode, it was some <laughs> it was uncomfortable in that room. <laughs> I saw pissing. I removed. She saw pissing. She stayed. <laughs> and my son asked, like, that's a that was a thing you could do on TV. Like, yeah, that was a thing that was done on TV. And Aaron Magruder, props to him, shout out to him because he was like, I'm making my show. Yes. And I don't care what anybody says about me. I don't, it's not important to me. My show is coming out. And um, as soon as they were like, okay, we're just going to put some constraints on you. He's like, no, you're not. Oh, well, we have to do it. He's like, okay, you take it then. Have fun. And then that's why we got season three. And it's whack as hell because Aaron Magruder wasn't there anymore. He's like, do whatever you want. I already got paid. I don't care. Facts. <laughs> but uh, I heard it. He might be, uh, they might be relaunching it. Yes, they are. Yes. To my knowledge, they are. And fun fact, and the people who listen to this podcast know this, I've had on one of the writers for the show multiple times on this podcast, Rodney Barnes. He's been on this podcast at least three times. And you ain't even going to slide them over to the home. Okay. Okay. Let me just slide up a tier because you're over here playing. I, 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 I'll slide that information to you about Roddy Boss. He's a good dude. I'm Great on the Patreon. Oh, thank you, brother. That's how you do it, peoples. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Facts. So let's get more into your stuff. I, think, I always found you fascinating. Way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Dutch. <laughs> Far more trusted in Dutch. <laughs> so you hook up with the Dick on America guys. You get on their podcast. I think you add a great dynamic to it well, because you. Big Haas, he's vocal, but he's charming. And at the same time, he's more of a person who's going to give you logic and reason behind things. And he's calm with it. Yes. Dutch always tries to see the good in people, even if the people have no good. There's no good in them. Yes. There's no good to find. And if he can't find any good, he'll just make it up. I'm like, you made you made that up. You made up that good. That's not there. And he's like, no, no, I know. Well, I'm pretty sure that that person's good. I'm like, stop <laughs> it. You're making things up right now. Yes. And you are bluntly honest. <laughs> it is a character flaw and my greatest strength. Yes. Like yeah. I, I, I tell people consistently. I will never lie to you because I feel like it's a waste of my time. Yeah. I, 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 have, I don't have extra time to be remembering what I said to you. Yeah, and I think that adds a great dynamic to that show because you have those interesting moments where you can talk about that moment if you want to. But yeah, <laughs> we had an interesting one particular moment in particular was <laughs> someone was on your show and they were yeah. blatantly passing falsehoods about certain things. And you called them out on it. 
Yes. You can, I'll let you elaborate there. So we had this person. So the, the episode was about economics, which is why I'm confused why that dude was even there in the first place. He knew nothing about economics at all. He was just a right winger capitalist. He had he had no knowledge of what goes into economics. Basic economics is that. <laughs> Basics, like the definition of property or what is and isn't socialist. Like he didn't he didn't even know the nomenclature of what he was speaking on. And um, whilst making a complete ass of himself for the entire show, for some reason, it got brought up about um, uh, COVID and the vaccines. And he thought it was a good idea on our platform to spout the line of BS that uh, it was gene therapy. And I asked him for a citation and he said, uh, yeah, here's my blog. I'm like, are you citing yourself as the source for your own lie? That's now, a common thread of people nowadays. <laughs> and, it, and then I'm like, well, where's the article that you got it from? I, I'm on your website. I don't see it. Where is it? Where's the article you got it from? Well, maybe I didn't post the link for it. But I, if you look it up, I'm like, I'm not looking up nothing. You give me the link. And, 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 and it's. I'm usually a very, I like to make jokes about everything. So I'll just wait for my moment and then I get my little sucker punch in there. But when homie is talking about, not, not to mention he's the pastor of a church where he's having full congregations of people un, unvaccinated, unmasked, singing, dancing, clapping, hugging, kissing each other. And now you're trying to spread your dumb, your dumb assery? No, not here. And it, and it uh, devolved into a full-on screaming match in which he told me that he couldn't wear a mask because uh, his wife has seizures if she wears a mask, which is made up. Um, and I said, boo effing who? And then I knew that was going to piss him off. And I, and I got him riled. I baited him and he got riled up and then he ended up rage quitting. But uh, it's, it's probably one of the few times that I've actually gotten angry at somebody on the internet. Um, most of the time I'm just like, God, they're stupid. Let me just play, play, uh, chess with this checkers head. And, um, yeah, I went fully ballistic on the guy, fully yeah. ballistic on the guy. I, I know Dustin didn't enjoy it, but I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. <laughs> I got through, I got through the whole episode. It was, it was a long episode. If I'm correct, it's a two part episode. Like he broke it up into two parts, but yeah, I think the, the one live stream was about three and a half, four hours. It was, yeah, I got through the whole four-hour episode. Because I, if I remember correctly, Dutch, uh, this is a little inside baseball, Dutch sent me the full episode. And like, I want your opinion on this. Because I don't know if we should <laughs> release it or not. <laughs> I said, yeah, man, let it fly. But yeah, I always appreciate your honesty with things like that because we, we need people to be honest, especially in times like this where there's so yeah. much dishonesty going on with everything in terms of like we had four years of Trump and I think people don't want to admit to it, but I think those four years caused a divide in this country, whereas it showed it showed some people's true colors, but it also showed it also caused people to not trust anything or make up their own facts. And, and, and feel comfortable in doing so. Yes. 
And like, like he said all that stuff about it being gene therapy, about I don't wear a mask because my wife has seizures. He said that with a straight face. Yes. Like he was right. Like he, like he wasn't just making it up on the spot. Like he said it with full confidence. That's, that's the danger of having um, bad politicians or, um, or, or influential people who are completely off base and um, don't have any ethics that you can point to because people will believe that because Americans are stupid. I love y'all, but yeah. y'all are dumb. Y'all fall for anything. And that's dangerous when the person that you're falling for or the, the information you're falling for is detrimental to your health and is detrimental to the health of the people around you who may not be wanting, they don't believe what you believe, but you're a, conta- you're a contagion right now. Yeah. And you don't know you're a contagion. You're walking around spreading shit and you don't know it. So that's, that's, that's why I got so mad is because like, I haven't been able to hang out with my, my girl's family, my fiance's family, um, all maybe once from all of this, her brother had, um, uh, uh, he got a make a wish, uh, foundation. Like he got a kidney. Um, so he's immunocompromised for life forever. He's forever immunocompromised. So us getting together is always a super risky thing because we don't want to get him sick. He can't fight it. He's on immunosuppressors uh, just so that his body doesn't reject the kidney, right? Like, so all you people that think that, oh, you can't, everybody should get the vaccine. Like, well, everybody can't get the vaccine. And that's what herd immunity is for, is to protect the people who are in those outlying areas. People who have organ transplants can't get vaccines for things because they're immunocompromised. They can't get them. If they get them, they will get the, 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 the virus and the virus will kill them yeah. because they have no way of fighting it. Um, so when I hear people spreading information, that makes it harder for me to see my family. Yeah, it's, it's, no. it's, 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 <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard thing to deal with in terms of seeing everything that's going on now with it. Because I, I, I tell people right now, I'm vaccinated and I got vaccinated because I work with my grandmother. My grandmother's 82 years old. Right. She's had cancer twice. She survived cancer. She's had she had kidney failure. She survived that. So I don't want to be the person who right. gets her COVID after right. she does, and she dies after surviving all of that. And then and then here's me because I'm I'm scared to get my arm sore for a day or yeah. to take a day off of work for the second shot. Like what are we like? What are we really talking about here? You, your job's gonna pay you for the day off anyway. Your arm's gonna be a little sore. Tough it up. Put on your big girl, big girl panties or your big boy draws, and just just buck it up. You'll be fine. Be safe. Yeah. And my whole thing has always been about like because I have a lot of friends who don't want it, who got the shot and who don't want to get the shot. My thing is like this, and I've always said this: like if you don't want to get the shot, be honest. Don't come up with these bullshit excuses about. Oh, exactly. the government's doing this. Government's doing it. like, fam. If you care, the government's gonna track you, fam. You carry your phone everywhere you go. They, tra- they, you bought a thousand dollar tracking device. You keep it charged. You tell everybody your personal information on social media. What the hell do they need to put a chip in a syringe for? That's yeah. a waste of money. Le- legit waste of money. Like, <laughs> you already bought it. You. <laughs> <laughs> They said, oh, your tracking device has new cameras. You're like, ooh, new cameras. Ooh. <laughs> Let me be first in line. 
Yeah, it, it, so I'm like, just be transparent with me. Like, you don't have to say all this other. Just say you don't want to get it. And I think people just don't want to say that they don't want to get it. They have to add a caveat to it where, oh, it's this, this, that. I don't trust it. But that's but that but some of that is legitimate, right? Because black people, especially, we have a reason to be afraid of the government. We have a reason to be afraid of vaccines. Of course, we yeah. have his, we have historical precedents where we have been taken advantage of in these areas. I, I grant that to people, and I and I grant them that fear. But also, I need you to be courageous enough to try. Because if there's 15 white people in line in front of you and they're all getting their boxes, their vials out of the same box. You're getting what the white people got. Yeah. They're not going to poison themselves to get you. Well, let me see now. That you, I'm glad you, this is an interesting conversation right here. Now that you brought that up, why do you think because this is something I commonly see in my family and you probably yeah. see it in your family? Why do you think, on one hand, you have the black community not trusting? vaccines and things like that but on the other hand go get these health supplements that are not approved by the fda and not approved by anybody because it's the kind of thing like why are you hating on my hustle right now <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm here with it. like yo look man you need to cleanse your colon brother <laughs> like i got these pills bro what they gonna do to clean you all out gonna get you nice and sparkling on the inside I, i'll put it this way I've had multiple family members who got sick from COVID. And instead of going to the doctor, they were like, hey, take these health supplements. And that's how it works, y'all. That's not how it works. And that's going to fix you up. And I'm like, no, take your ass to the doctor. Before you need a respirator. You got a yeah. you got a respirator on one of them pills? Because you're gonna need one. But it's it's a it's a common thing in the black community where we kind of it's like self-help ourselves self we it is because like it's not us like we're we're very close in age so we and people our age forget how close slavery jim crow um uh, i almost said apartheid but um uh, uh segregation we forget how 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 close to us that was my yeah. mom my mom was in third grade when they integrated the schools in St. Louis. Yeah, that sounds right. My grandma was born in 1919. Yeah. So she lived through that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So like that's that's literally like two generations away. What our parents, our ancestors, our, our, our forefathers, they taught us because that's what was the case for them. They taught us what was the case for them. They taught us to be cautious, to be wary to be um, mindful of people offering you things. And they were 100% correct from their point of view. 100% correct. But at the same time, we cannot go to the doctor for a broken arm. And then when the same doctor says, okay, I really think you should get this vaccine because there's a new virus out there and it can really compromise your health. Um, you already have COPD. You've been smoking Newports your entire life. You have asthma. This could really mess you up if you get it. And they're just like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like, it's like, well, you can't go to him for your asthma medicine or your diabetes medicine and then not listen to him when he says, this is also good for you. Like, like the, the, 
the hateful racist doctors of the past are dead. Most doctors are, uh, are either, or I would say more than half of doctors are either of the LGBTQ persuasion or some sort of minority. Yes. There's not a majority of <clears throat> cisgendered white doctors out there anymore. There's, they're from Africa, they're from India, they're gay, straight, trans, all that stuff. Those racist white dudes from the past are gone. We have to break of that mindset that they're trying to do stuff to us again. And, and, it's, and I'm only saying that based on what I know so far. Who knows? In 20 years, it could be shown that I was 100% wrong. Yeah. But we don't know that. And I can't live my life on conspiracy theories and what could have, should have, might have been. Um, well, I think I want to add to that because I think that's a problem with black culture in general because and this is something that plagues the black community where you have a lot of black men in particular die younger than they should, like in their 60s and their 50s because they don't want to go to the doctor. Exactly. They don't get checked up. So next thing you know, they have cancer and, and it's Usually speaking, some cancer they usually have is something that, can, if detected early enough, can be fixed. But since they don't go to the doctor, they die at fifty. And, the, and there's and there's and there's um um economical um uh, uh, reasons for that as well. Uh, if you don't have a good job that gives you insurance, you're not going to no doctor. Yeah, I'm not going for no eight hundred dollar checkup once a year. I need. I I, I feel fine. I'm just going. I'm just going to work another year. I feel fine. So there's, there's, and we can, and that's a whole nother rabbit hole about why there are so many um, uh, black and brown people that are underprivileged and why they don't have what they need to get by. Which is why I consistently press for um, uh, Medicare for all or or any kind of socialized medicine because it's what ends up happening is people just suffer with their sicknesses. And they just let it happen to them. And yeah. the reality is it doesn't have to. The only reason it does is because they feel like it would bankrupt them. And hospital medical bills is the number one uh, reason for bankruptcy. And the, and the, and the, and the greatest country on the wor- in the world, the greatest country ever. Make America great again. Everyone's broke because they got sick. Yeah. That's disgusting. Sad but true. When we got when we got warehouses full of medicine, but people are filing for bankruptcy because they're sick. What what even is this? I think we done got to this bag. I think <laughs> for years now, and I see I think people are seeing it now even more so than ever. This country has pulled the wool over our eyes with certain things. Yeah. And a perfect example is the war in Afghanistan. Yeah. Where how 20 years ago, when this all was happening, the majority of people was all for it and things like that. They're like, yeah, we got it. We, we was mad. We was mad. We got to get it. Now this year, when you see troops pulling out, people are starting to question, well, why the fuck were we there in the first place? Well, that's a long story, my boy. Yeah. Have why a seat by the, the fire. <laughs> exactly. Why were we there in the first place? Then add to the fact, because the whole thing, I know you watched it because I watched it. It was jarring because U.S. troops started leaving and within hours, the Taliban just took over Afghanistan. You're like, how, how did that work? How, did that, how are we in a place for 20 years and in, in 20 minutes it's taken over? 
So, so that's the thing. It's different than if I say, cool, the war starts at noon tomorrow. Get ready for war. It's different than me saying that versus, I know you've been helping the Americans, so your daughter's dead tomorrow morning. You know, no, me and my baby are out of here. And that's what the Taliban, the Taliban doesn't follow the, the Geneva Conventions. They're terrorists. Yeah. They do all kinds of bogus, nasty, crazy shit. So they're not here to to um to fight a real war. They they use whatever they can use. Or you know what? what your your girl goes to, goes to school over there on First Street, doesn't she? Yeah, cool. And you're in charge of the army over here. Cool. Be too bad if that whole place got blown up tomorrow morning, huh? That's how they took over. I'm we're coming in here, or else this is gonna happen. It, I think it was like two hundred something troops uh, garrisoned in one base. And seven dudes walked up, and all 200 of them left. That's when, when you don't have rules, you are very, very dangerous. And then, and then how do I tell somebody, yo, man, who cares if they killed your daughter? You should have stood there and fought. I can't say that to that man. He loves his family. Huh? He's, trying to, he's trying to do the right thing, protect whatever he can protect. But at the end of the day, he's protecting them. And if they're not and if they're not safe, then he's out. Yeah. So what do you think of the notion of people saying, because there's still this rhetoric that it which wasn't around before, by the way. But now it's all of a sudden that people should the US should protect Afghanistan and see that these people are taken care of and things like that, and maybe push back on the Taliban and things like that. Well, I have a very good idea. Uh, I think we should pick them up in our aircraft carriers. Which are all in the in, in the bay over there, in the Gulf. So we can pick them up. They can get on, and uh, any country that has space for them can take them. All the rest, they can come back to the states, and we will bring them to all of the Republican areas um, who were against it. And if those Republicans don't like it, just like they told Black Lives Matter, if you don't like it, you can leave. We will bring them here, and they can go. The Republicans love. Hey, all lives matter. Remember, all lives matter. So I got some all lives for you. Here they come. I got. I got. I got ten thousand Afghan refugees. Uh, where would you like them? Which facility would you like us to bring them to? Because all lives matter. Remember, all lives matter. So here's some lives. Make them matter. They better be mattering to you. But they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. Um, I know that a lot of European uh, nations are taking in refugees. Uh, St. Louis has, uh, I forget the name of the stink international, it's called international something. I'll have to look it up and, and, and hit you back. But um, they're taking a thousand refugees a month or something like that. I think I did see something like that on the news today. Yeah. A friend of mine, a friend of mine um, posted it in, 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 uh, Trying to spread the word that, that like these are options. So if you have people that need to get over here, to have them contact them and all this stuff. So yeah, it's. I mean, there are places that will, will that will take them, but I think it, our military ain't doing nothing right now. Yeah, you're you're in the people transport business. Get them out of there. Get them out. If if the, if everybody wants to leave except the Taliban, get them out. And then I heard a lot of reports of people like, well, what if we bring the terrorists here? I'm like, oh, you don't remember January 6th, huh? Yeah. 
that that one terrorist, domestic terrorist. How many how many how many churches and schools and everything else got to get shot up before we start worrying about that terrorism? You ain't got to worry about them. Yeah, you don't. You honestly don't. I, I don't think the ta- This is the thing. The Taliban are getting what they want, so they don't have a need to come here. They're getting they're getting Afghanistan. Why would they want to come here? They won. And once and once we're fairly certain that all of the the innocents are have left, well, then you just handle this. Yeah. Now you can fight a war without a thousand uh, collateral damage deaths. Obama looking right at you. Because that's that was the thing that that's what really set me off about Obama was the drone strikes. It's like, oh, we got all these targets. I'm like, yo, but you got like 500 people who had nothing to do with it as well. Bad plan, bro. You can't blow up little kids and then expect me to be on your side, like rah rah, sis, goodbye, go America. Like that's not right. Yeah, I, I've always wondered about that in terms of how much into the planning of these things are the presidents in terms of that, in terms of their military advisors and things like that. Because somebody had to advise Obama, hey, this is the best course of action. And yes, he had yeah. to sign off on it. Right. But at the same time, it's like, why are we giving, why are advisors advising them, hey, you can, you can blow up this school and you may kill like 20 kids, but you'll get 40 of them. Why is that an option that's on the, even on the table? Because that's war. Yeah, like we didn't like in World War Two. Excuse me, in World War Two, we didn't drop um, we didn't drop bombs on farmland. We dropped bombs on cities. We didn't drop it on Tokyo, but we dropped it on decently populated cities to break the will of the Japanese and make sure that they knew. This will continue. That I don't know how someone makes that decision to drop. Like they could have dropped it offshore somewhere or something like that, and just the force of those bombs probably would have got Japan to surrender. But what was it? Thirty thousand dead in 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 forty seconds. And and that goes to my next question, like. And I know my answer. Is the cost of war worth the reward? No, it never is. Because it seems like, like you just said, like these presidents, these people who post to technically work for us are making these calls and changing and destroying people's lives. Like if I if I lived in Japan, I don't know how I would be able to forgive America for what they did to my country. And it took decades to get that irradiated soil and all that stuff like it's it's that place is ruined yeah and, and to to be clear to everybody else think about it like this 9-11 people haven't have forgiven the terrorists about 9-11 never forget and that was just one that was new york that was just like small sectors right the bomb affected japan for decades. And we dropped two of them. Decades. Hiroshima and then Nagasaki. Yeah. De- de- like generate like family generations was yeah. wiped out. 
That, yeah. That's insane to think about. Even, even if you want to go on a smaller scale, the drone strikes. How many people are those drone strikes who killed, like, families just gone? Who didn't have anything to do with anything? There's not, and it, there, there is no undo button. Yeah. There is no... It's, it's, once it's done, it's, it's final. And we have this tendency of wanting to be Team America World Police. And yeah, we have a name for cops who fucking abuse their power. And that's our, and that's our foreign policy. Whenever, whenever, some, whenever we do something bad, we point fingers and we say we had no choice and we feared for our life. And that's what we did. We feared for our life and we blew up people for no, for no reason. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, sanctions work. Diplomacy works. Using, using the UN works. NATO forces work. We don't have to be the guys showing up with, I mean, if, if I'm having a barbecue or something like that, there's a guy who comes over with a six-pack or a 12-pack of beer to share with everybody. There's a guy who brings an entire pig roast, luau, with the apple in the pig's mouth, uh, 13 kegs of beer and everything else. And he says, okay, this is my barbecue now. Like, we can't do that to people consistently and expect them to respect us or treat us well. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating reading this stuff about Afghanistan and learning, knowing the story of it. Because this is one of the wars that me and you both lived through. And, and, and on a rare occasion, got to see to the end. Right. And, and a lot of my, and, and that was, sorry, I hate to cut you off. Uh, one thing I, I also said uh, on the bin was a lot of my friends went over there. Yeah, one of my friends did too. And they are not the same. One of, one of, my, one of my friends went over there and he's not the same as well. And also, one of, my, one of the listeners to the show, a good friend of mine, Mike Fowler, he had a really good friend. What up, Mike? What up, Mike, boy? He's a good dude. His one of his friends died over there. Yeah, and it's kind of like he said. It, he said a couple of days ago, like, "Damn, my friend died for nothing." That's a harsh pill to swallow. And and one of my one of my closest friends, he was on he was on our show last week, and he uh, he he shared a bit, and he's he's been out for I don't know six or seven years now, so he's more willing to share some things that he wasn't uh, right after he got out, but he was like, we, he was um, special operations. So they go in and, and collect intel and do a lot of stuff for special forces to come in and do their thing. And he said, most of the time we were just like, it was a bunch of capture kill missions where uh, we were trying to get aid. And then these guys came and took our stuff. So we don't know what to do. He said, okay, cool. So they find the guys, roll them up. And then, yo, here's your, here's all your stuff, da da da. And they were just doing that from like community to community. So they were going around doing what they could to help these guys out. So then to see us withdraw and it to all just have been, I won't say for nothing because it definitely meant something to those people. Yeah. But at the same time, even though those people were radicalized, they had kids too. They had wives too. The guys that they rolled up had families too. And one of the, the things that he shared was about 
was like, well, I, I made sure that, that that family probably starved to death because of me. And that's why war is stupid. Because even if you win, you lose. Yeah. Even it, if you win, you lose. Yeah, I think this this whole Afghanistan situation kind of shows that. Like, yeah. people are compared to Vietnam. Yeah. Well, I hope that, well, it hasn't been quite as bad as Vietnam as far as, like, the, the reaction uh, stateside with the troops. Because... Yeah. I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a tree hugging hippie to the fullest, but I will never just spit in somebody's face after they get home. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, that's uncalled for. I, I, I this situation, I think this country. The one thing I do appreciate about this situation in terms of this country, we respect our troops to know enough that damn they went over to do a job. They may not agree with the job, but that's not on them. A lot of these guys went over not there as call. kids. Yeah, they went over there as kids, like 18, 18 70 yeah. years They're kids. I was an idiot at 18. Yeah. An absolute idiot. We're putting the, the hands of other people, the lives of other people in the hands of kids to fight wars for us. That's, it's insane when you think about it. No, it's a lot of rich kids that go over there, right? <laughs> a bunch of, bunch, of, bunch of Yale graduate kids that's a bunch of hoity-toity rich boys. Oh no, it's it's the poor kids. Yeah, poor kids, and, and I know, I know this is the thing. When I was in school, they would almost prey on the younger kids who were in disenfranchised neighborhoods. And like, hey, we know you ain't got no money, but you come you to get, military, you want to get a you want to get a Mustang. Yeah, they say you want a Camaro. You want a full college paid for, yep. nice house, free housing. Those are the things they kind of entice you with. But those things are impossible to provide. And you know what's crazy? If the government were to provide that for, I don't know, everybody, they would say that would be, a, some would say that would be a handout. That's socialism. I don't like that. But if you go to the desert and you shoot people, then I have a justification for giving you a college degree, enough money to live on, and enough to send back home to your family. Like, I think that's one of the critical issues with this country is the people who advocate for everyone pulling themselves up by their bootstraps have a huge blind spot when it comes to government workers. They don't say that about cops. They don't say that about soldiers. They don't say that about anybody. They only say that the people who aren't those three things don't deserve health care, education, and and I mean, we still don't take care of our vets. Like, if 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 our if our military budget is like six hundred and eighty billion dollars, why the hell is somebody passing around a, a fucking hat to collect money for the troops? Why are yeah. there why are there why are there people with limbs blown off with artificial limbs standing outside of grocery stores asking for pocket change to raise money for their foundation? I thought we had a six hundred and eighty billion dollar budget for the military, and you can't take care of the vets. They, those should be the first ones to take care of. I mean, you could probably buy one less jet and take care of like all of Illinois or not one less uh, aircraft carrier and take care of the entire South. Like, what? stop making veterans if you're not going to take care of them. Yeah, I, I, I feel very strongly about that. I, I have like a lot of military in my family and I've, yeah. I've seen the effect it takes on them 
and how some of them don't come back from that. They just don't. They lose a part of them to it, and then some of them don't have the ability to cope with the real world. Like, it's hard to be, like, someone who spent most of your life in the military. Then you get out there, like, okay, you got to go work at Walmart now. Right. That's that's a, a hard left transition. And, yeah, there's some people who can adapt to that, some people who can't. Like, my brother was a Marine. Oh, my boy. brother was he, he was he, my brother's a smart dude. My brother was different from other people in terms of when he went to the Marines, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. He wanted to go in the Marines. After he did his time in the Marines, he wanted to come out and be a police officer. That's a plan. Right. right. Not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody w- grows up wanting to be a Marine or be in the Army. Some people get in there out of necessity. My brother wasn't that dude. And right. even with him being like, hey, I want to join the Marines, then become a cop. He had a period of time where he could not become a cop. Right. There was a time period of time where, hey, I'm looking for trying to become a cop. I'm trying to get in. They won't let me in. That takes a toll on you. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's a a given guaranteed thing. He was fortunate enough to be able to do what he wanted to do in the end and make a career and a good life for himself. But at the same time, that's, that's not, not every. That's, that's not, not everybody. everybody. I I would probably say that's not even half of them. No, a lot of people just go in and then they come out aimlessly wandering around. I got friends who can't figure out what to do now. Can't figure out what to do because they don't know. Their whole job was just one thing in the military, and 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 that's just like like just like in the NBA where they make you. I think like they make you take financial courses. They like they've learned their lessons about people. Uh, coming out of high school, getting getting a couple million dollars, losing their uh, losing their contracts, or getting kicked out of the league because they just all everything's going up their nose, or they're getting trouble and all that stuff. Like financial literacy, they have no idea about. They don't like they prepare them for the exit, and I don't know that the military does that in a way that is substantial and beneficial to the people that they are taking. Like you, you have to set them up to succeed and if not then why take them in the first place yeah i think and I, i'm glad you brought the nba because i think it's super cool that i see players like d wade who leave the nba and can find other avenues to make money whether it's investments and business and stuff like that or yeah tv shows or even Shaq. Shaq's an expert oh my god Shaq has his big size 86 toes and everything. Yes, and I think that's dope to see that because back in the day, that wasn't necessarily a thing. You'd have players leave the NBA, yeah. get broke a few get years broke, later. Get broke quick. Real quick. You don't really see that as much now because yeah. you see all these players, like you said, they're, they're, they're teaching them about how to invest in things like that. So you see like, a lot of players just start up companies and businesses and you see more players become assistant coaches yeah so why can't we have that for our military why can't we have it so hey if you don't want to be in the military no more let's transition you someplace else where you're going to be okay i don't think there should be any person who served in the military for a substantial amount of time not having a house to stand they should have at least bare minimum a home yeah bare minimum a home it's we have vacant houses. I, yeah. I forget. I forget what the 
what the percentage is, but it's more than 10%. 10% of the homes in America are empty. No one lives there. They're just owned by the bank. They're empty. That's that, Give them to somebody who needs them. Don't let them be empty. Sorry, bank, you're not making money off this house. It's going to a troop. It's going to a needy family. It's going to somebody. But that's that this this capitalistic nature of this country is so detrimental to our own success. We're so worried about making money. We're not worried about staying alive. We're not worried about taking care of uh, people who need us most, people who have sacrificed the most to make sure that things work the way that they work. We don't take care of them. And it's it's like the most un, like. I, I hate Americans so much sometimes because we are so ungrateful and not because, oh, we're so privileged and we have all these things that we should just like get on a bended knee for every night. It's things it's it's we're ungrateful for the sacrifices that we make to each other. We don't appreciate each other and the work that we do for each other. That's one thing like I've always loved Japan and Japanese culture, but everyone treats each other with a certain level of respect, whether you're the bag boy at the grocery store, or you are the CEO. Everyone is treated with respect. It is, it is mandatory due to their culture, but it manifests itself in a way that everyone isn't a dick. And, and certain people aren't left out on the cold, in the cold just because they don't have enough money. And we can learn a lot. But I'm hoping that uh, now that younger faces are starting to show up in, in the realm of politics, that a lot of this old school shit will just die out because it's it, people of our generation, of my generation and younger than me, they're not for it. Yeah. Because it's not because how many times do we have to watch another country be the example before we figure out, oh, we should probably start doing this? We're like one of the few places that charges we charge kids for all years of school. Like you, like even if it's a public school, you still have to pay some, some amount of money, but then college is, is astronomical. Well, how does that help the country? Wouldn't it be better if our young people uh, at 22 or, or, or 20 and 22 had two and four year degrees. Isn't that a good investment? <laughs> that we have a bunch of really, really smart kids. But we won't do it because uh, unless you unless you agree to take on this uh, $80,000 to $180,000 loan, you don't get to go to school. Yeah. That's cr- why are we doing this? This makes no sense. It's, it's crazy that we are entrusting, uh, I'll say it again, 17, 18-year-olds <laughs> with Eighty to a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. Like, all right, you you go to school, but you got to pay this off. When they don't even they have say, a job okay. there, they, no. And what 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 career are they going to go into with a liberal arts degree that you're charging them two hundred thousand dollars for? Yeah, that they're going to be able to pay you back with this, <laughs> and they know that they can't pay them back. They're grown ass adults. That if you say, hey, here's two hundred thousand dollars, start your career, but you got to pay us back. That I don't gonna be able to pay that back. Yeah, like no, okay, I can't do that. And and uh, for for a couple of reasons, I never went to college. Um, uh, I had family stuff going on. I got accepted to a few good schools. Um, uh, I was gonna go into uh, music education because I've I've been in concert band and all that stuff since I was like 
nine. I'm a I'm a a, a former trumpeter. Ah. Now, but now I play guitar, bass, drums, and all that stuff. I make rock and roll music now. I play and, trombone. Nah, the boners. I play the worst of the worst. <laughs> I played it since I want to say sixth grade. Yeah, I played it for a good while. Sixth grade is we're gonna almost. We're gonna have to get a ska band together. It'll be nice. Yes, uh, ska is on the way back, by the way. Um, but I, that was that was my thing. Like, I, so I got into the music program. I did da, 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 I did the college tour. Did the saw all the dorms. Saw this. I was like, wow, this is really great. And they're like, yep, twenty eight thousand dollars a year, and that's not including books. And I was like. And this is how many years? At least four. Okie dokie. Well, that ain't happening. <laughs> yeah. That ain't, that ain't, I can tell you right now, that ain't happening. It's, it's a, a hard pill to swallow and a harsh reality that a lot of people deal with it on a regular. Like, hey. And that was 2006. It's, it's, it's 2021 20, now, so I don't even want to think about what I could probably look it up real quick. How much uh, how much it is per year at this college that I got accepted to? But it was just it was un, it was an unfathomable amount of money, and the and the the salary for a music educator is around fifty grand. Yeah. So so how was I gonna pay back one hundred twenty eight and eat and live on fifty grand a year? It ain't happening. The math does not add up at so all. If I, so if I if I had ten grand extra a year, <laughs> we're talking about thirteen years. Yeah, come on, come on. It's it's funny how that works out too. Like, hey, you just got twelve years of education for relatively cheap, but then oh, then you start to thirteenth or fourteenth year, it's gonna cost you about a hundred thousand dollars. So it was, it was twenty eight. When I in, in two thousand five six, it's forty five thousand one hundred dollars. Jeez, per per uh, for undergraduate tuition and fees. That's it's insane. Oh no, the annual list price to attend uh, such and such college on a full time basis is sixty one thousand two hundred dollars for all students, regardless of the residency. And note, yeah. this is for people who are seventeen. 18 years old. Nine yeah. times out of 10, they were going to play like the Gap if they have a job. Yeah. It was a Taco Bell. Yeah. Taco Bell. Bell and the Gap making like $8 an hour. And you're expecting to pay $61,000 back yeah. a year. 45 one was the tuition, but room and board is twelve four, And then 1200 for books and supplies. Yeah. So, so six, 61, 61 two per year. So when you put when you put that together, well, what we were talking about earlier, with terms of like, hey, you can either pay the sixty one thousand, or you can go to the military, and the military will pay that sixty one thousand for you, and you get a Mustang, and you get a Mustang, and you may or may not get a house, but yeah. you may deal with some trauma. You just become a trained killer. That's 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 the predatory nature of these things. They, like I said, they don't go to rich high schools. They don't go to the ritzy ditzy uh, college prep places. They go to the hood. They go to the to the 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 lower middle uh, mid, lower middle class people, and they just pack their numbers. So every time I see a staff sergeant, I kind of give them the, the side eye. 
Like I know why you're here. Yeah. When Staff I sergeants are recruiters. When I was in school, me and my friend, his name's Matthew. I won't give his last name out. We got the highest ASVAB McConaughey. score. <laughs> we got the highest ASVAB score in our school. I did very well in my ASVAB. Yeah, as well. and, very well. And when I say they were coming to the school every day to try to recruit me, it was every single day. For those who don't know, the ASVAB is the military test. You take that test. It's like the military ACT or SAT or whatever. Yes. I don't even know why I took that. I was in ROTC all four years of high school. I don't know if that was a requirement or not, but I think they made us take that test. People were like, oh, yeah, I kind of take this ASVAB. But they came to my house. They came to the school. They were, like, relentlessly trying to get me in the military. My mom was, like, not having it. Like, no. You already got one of my kids. You're not getting the other one. I think, so I'm looking up, it says, uh, what is a good ASVAB score? Standard score on a scale of 0 to 100. On the scale of 50 is the mean or average. And every 10 points above, uh, points from the mean represents one standard deviation. That means that a standard score of 60 will be above average. And most test takers uh, score between 30 and 70. I want to say I got like an 84. Yeah, I got something like that. Because they yeah. were talking about, like, you could be a military intelligence and stuff like that. and Oh, you see, you're yeah. singing my song right now. That's exactly what they were telling you. Yeah, you can go to military intelligence. They were really trying to get me in. I simply remember that. They were desperate. Yeah. And and like I said, like, I did four years of ROTC um, along with all my music courses. So I never took a lunch in high school. Didn't even know where to find a lunchroom or the gym because that was exemptions. Um, but it was, it was, uh, the first year was, uh, Marine Corps and had Master Gunny was our, uh, senior military officer. And, uh, I had Mage, the major who was a, a pilot in Korea. I think, I think one was, a, a uh, what was he? Amphibious tank battalion in Korea. And the other one was a, a navigator pilot in Korea. And those were the dudes that were like, like they were OGs, like crusty old hardened dudes, but they all, I think, I think they all had a love for the military, but they had a love for, for young people and, and, and teaching young people. So he, they, and I will credit both of them to this. Um, I don't know if both of them are still alive, but they wanted us to learn what they learned from the military, not, just go join the military. That makes like they were like they never tried to recruit anybody. They always just wanted to teach and 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 show us things that like 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 learn how to fold maps and read maps. Like this is a topographical map. I'm going to show you what this is. This is how an engine works on the plane. This is how this works. And like just showing you cool shit. And and it was it was probably like I yeah I had to wear the stupid uniform on Thursdays or whatever it was. It, it sucked, but I, I will never forget the lessons learned from those those grizzled old vets who uh, actually took some time out to teach kids things that they probably wouldn't learn otherwise. So, shout out to Mage, shout out to Master Gunny. That's dope. I think that's the perfect way to end this episode, man. This cool, has been cool. a blast, Mikey. Let them know where to find you at. Uh, you can find me all over the internet. I have my own channel. 
If you go to youtube.com slash C slash Mikey Famine, you can find me there. But uh, the schedule as it stands now is Sundays is, all these are YouTube channels, by the way, uh, Nat One Heroes, Natural One Heroes, um, The Bin Podcast, uh, Dig on America, and I'm a producer for my buddy Neil, the 604 Atheist. So you can find me any one of those places. I'm streaming five days a week. I miss my family. I'm working all the time. <laughs> it's crazy. So that's that's gonna be another topic next time you come on to talk about in terms of six oh five. What is it? Six oh one atheist. Six oh four. Six oh four. That's his area code up in uh, British Columbia in Vancouver. And the whole atheist thing we're gonna talk about. We're gonna have a conversation about that because I know that's gonna rub people the wrong way. But I don't care because <laughs> that's a fascinating conversation to have. I'm willing to talk. I'm willing to talk. Yeah, I think we definitely got to have that conversation next time, <laughs> next, next time you come on because I think that's going to be a great conversation. And as always, Delvin Cox Experience, we are out. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Delvin Cox Experience. If you like more content, go on patreon.com slash Delvin Cox Experience. There, there is more exclusive podcasts, including I'm the Podcaster, He's the DJ. That is the hip-hop podcast I do with Mr. Tim Hines as well as the Boondocks, which is a Boondocks review show I do with my son, Delvin Jr. With that being said, I want to give a special shout-out to Patreon producers Shirley Walker, Ghost Rider UK, and Mikey Famine. Thank you. God bless.